Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante. Today I'm with Thomas Frank Carr, T. Frank to his friends, and we're going to get the final review of the Penn State-Auburn game. But before we do that, T. Frank, an upcoming home game for Penn State. You know what that means. It's time for tailgating. No better way than with GoPSURV.com. This is where you drive your vehicle to Happy Valley. And they'll have an RV set up, ready, and waiting for you. And this year... We at KSN, we're teaming up with GoPSURV.com to offer a special deal. You can get $500 off your RV for the entire weekend. All you need to do is call Mark at 800-519-8467. Tell him what you want, the KSN RV special. And there you go. It's a great deal. A lot of fun. Great way to spend the weekend. And you got a team that's playing really well. You know, T. Frank, I, well, I'm saying the team is playing really well. But interestingly enough, I get a lot of folks, my friends, family, whatever, they'll ask me my thoughts on the performance of the team. Of course, it was a 41-12 win over Auburn. But I tell them, you know what? I cannot give you my final assessment on the team's performance until I talk to T. Frank. They didn't play good. They didn't play bad until T. Frank tells me it's so, right? Oh, I appreciate that very much. I appreciate you saying that. And, uh, I, I will I will do my best to uh, live up to that high esteem in which you hold me. But yeah, you can you can go ahead and say that they played well. Uh, no, Nobody played bad in this game. It's just what are your areas of improvement as a football player? Very hard for somebody... Uh, to have a glaring problem and then also win by 41 points or 41 to 12. Well, if you're saying no one played bad in this game, you're obviously not talking to an Auburn fan about their team's performance. That's for sure. Trust me. They had a bit of a different assessment. All right, let's get started, T. Frank. Let's start up front. Let's start with the much maligned offensive line. To the layperson, that's me. It looked like we saw something we haven't seen in a while. They were opening up holes. Yeah, yeah, and this is what I said week one talking about the the Purdue game is they were opening up holes. It was just one or two things was happening on a play, and it wasn't it wasn't happening. Um, so they've been getting to their blocks more consistently this year. That is not to say even in this game that they were outright dominant. You know, so they there were not a lot of it. Still weren't the old cliche I hear all the time of moving guys off the ball or, or, you know, all of those ideas of what you think of a guy pancaking a defensive lineman, every single play, that's not really what happens in football. You'd be surprised how many times guys stay on their feet with all that collision, but 39 carries 245 yards. Again, nobody had a bad game. This was another good step in the right direction for Penn state. They had a couple guys that did, uh, make impactful blocks. Salim Wormley was once again very good on the on the ground. Um, some some bad misses, and this is kind of what we talked about at the beginning of the season. Of th- this this unit's going to have higher highs, but 
but they are going to have some kind of learning moments and, and Wormley an older player, but his first full season starting, he, he whiffed on a couple of blocks and he's done that throughout the season. But what he's done on the flip side is he sustains contact longer than everyone else on the offensive line, which leads to bigger holes. But, you know, just kind of left to right, Olaf Shinu had a good game as a, as a run blocker. Landon Tangwell was much improved. There's still more to go there in terms of what he can give this team as he gets better and older and more mature and learn some of the, you know, on the job training. Juice Scruggs had a good game, mentioned warmly, and then Caden Wallace was a good run blocker. There's still certain schemes that each of them struggle in individually, but overall the unit played very well and the running backs helped them out a lot in this game. You mentioned Caden Wallace uh, doing a good job in the running game, but I still felt he still had his issues in the passing game, correct? Uh, I I guess I'm comparing it to last season, <laughs> and I thought he was good. Uh, yes, there are times where, where he was not getting to some blocks and uh, but you know on the whole I think if you look at the whole thing in totality Penn State only gave up five pressures in this game and he gave up none of those pressures now that's not to say he wasn't beaten he did give up he did give up one I apologize he gave a one pressure on the game but instead of a free run at the quarterback he's at least getting and making up for his mistakes so mistakes yes mistakes that are killing the team there are very there are much fewer of those as pass protectors and another place obviously that Penn State had a bounce back performance was Lennon Tangwell is very good in pass blocking situations so he in took a step forward there as well more consistency on that side and Olu Fashanu pour one out he officially allowed a pressure on the season so he's up to one on over 100 pass blocking snaps so that's pretty damn good uh, so yeah the, the offensive line overall played very well the right tackle position is still that's still something that needs to figure itself out because I don't know still what they're going to do there. There's there's moments and there's plays where Caden Wallace really struggles and there's moments and plays where Bryce Effner looks like he forgot how to football. So, you know, just getting consistency from that getting consistency. And again, all I'm asking from right tackle this year for this for this offense is average, like just get to a point where you're not actively making mistakes that will cost a play or a drive and and you'll this line will be good let's get over to tight end let's talk about Bretton Strange who had a team leading six receptions for 80 yards but you know what I don't care I want to talk about his blocking (laughs) (laughs) he he seemed to be a difference maker blocking and there was one play and I think it was a Catron Allen play where he didn't block one man, he got two. He hit one, went to the next level, blocked another player, made a hole for Allen. I was really impressed. Yeah, he ha- he had a bounce back performance, and this is what he was doing last season. So it, he's just starts slow for some reason. Last season, he was in a similar situation if he was not blocking to this level. And then through the first three weeks of the season, he was kind of the same thing where he was missing some blocks. He was maybe, I don't know if hesitant is the right word, but he was not uh, confident in the hole. He's especially pulling a lot more this year from what I've seen. So I don't know if it was an adjustment to doing that more full time, but yeah, it, it all popped off in this game. He had obviously the the highlight block that they they showed on the Nick Singleton uh, long run. And then he had another good one 
kind of more of us just secure a man and let uh, Singleton do his rest, the, the rest on the second one. But the consistency in the ground game doesn't just come from the offensive line. Everyone has to be in sync. And I think that you're seeing that more and more with this offense is the parts actually fit together better this year. Now, the tight end still needs some work to do. Uh, Tyler Warren, this was supposed to be his coming out party, especially with Theo Johnson being banged up and not playing the first three weeks of the season. He has not played to that level as a run blocker, uh, which uh, is a little disappointing. I was expecting that given all we heard about him making plays and making strides off the field or in practice. And um, it really hasn't translated yet as a, as a run blocker specifically. And then I don't know that he's gotten a ton of chances as a receiver, but the one drop that everyone remembers kind of taints your view of him. Uh, but generally the tight ends I think are contributing in this offense and nobody has to be the guy other than Singleton at this point. Speaking of Singleton, let's talk about the running backs and it was interesting. Some of the talk uh, T Frank going into this game was sure. He could get those long runs against mm-hmm. Ohio. Now he's up against Southeast conference speed. Yeah. That Auburn defense is going to teach the youngster a lesson, right? Well, so that was the question. That was the open-ended question of, is he going to be able to do that in these situations against uh, better opponents and it's not because we thought he was slow like suddenly he's not as fast as we saw but it's to me it was more when he's bouncing to the outside on some of these runs can he turn the corner which is a different it's different than just straight line speed you know other guys are fast enough to close those angles can he break those tackles can he have the feel to get outside and yeah, he can. Although on on both of his runs, I'm trying. Honestly, there've been so many long run long runs at this point that I I I'm probably going to confuse a couple of them. But he just ran right through the hole. Like there was nothing tricky about his last touchdown. It was a counter play off of uh, right tackle. They blocked it. He got to the second level. Bryce Effner got a great block on the linebacker, and Keandre Lambert Smith got a great block downfield. And all he had to do is run in a straight line. And he's fast enough to run in a straight line past anybody. And that's really, I think, the surprising thing about this game was I expected Penn State to be able to get some yards on the ground. I did not expect them to dominate 245 yards total in rushing. That is not just Nick Singleton breaking off a couple of runs or else it'd be like 125 yards on on 25 carries or something like that. 39 for 245. Katron Allen was eating. Uh, Nick Singleton was eating. Even Devin Ford late in the game was able to get on the outside on this defense. They're a big physical unit that's got good speed. I did not expect that. But part of this is what they can do with Singleton and with Catron Allen in this offense. They have become much more diverse in what they do. It's not just inside zone and then coming back with some tendency breakers. It is they ran all gap schemes. They ran all counter, power, man. They completely flipped the script and had a new identity on offense in this game. And is that a one-off for Auburn? Or is this really an evolution of the Penn State offense to bring on a different personality in the run game and change what they've done for nine years under James Franklin? That's what I'm interested to see. I don't know that we'll see it now, but you know, in this next week, but maybe once we get into Big Ten play, 
do they unveil do they continue with this game plan and what what singleton can give you from a speed perspective for these big condensed fronts where he gets to bounce outside and has the whole length of the field to outrun angles that's what they're giving him in some of these situations and he's able to take advantage of it and run run in the formation it's kind of like a quarterback that can play inside and outside of structure he's giving you everything so you can do everything I think that Penn State fans are just thrilled that you see a running back popping outside real quickly. Devin Ford, has he found a niche as a third down back? Yeah, absolutely. I think he's found a good role in this offense. It's not just going to be as a block as a pass blocker. He is a good run blocker. He throws himself into people. So he's got great utility on this offense. And I really love what he's become as a part of this team. Very good T Frank. We're going to continue this conversation in quarter number two. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pregame tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. Whether it's workstation, server and network installation, problem solving and maintenance, security assessments, or general evaluations, we are your complete IT partner. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results.com. Or call us at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number two. I'm Jim Galante along with T. Frank Carr. And T. Frank, before we continue our conversation, our review of the Penn State-Auburn game, just a reminder about our friends over at New Trail. You know what? Almost every week they release one or two new beers. They're here now and they're gone by next week. I know we've been talking about whiteout beer and their crisp lager that just came out. And New Trail, they're known for their hazy IPAs and double IPAs. 
but they bring out new ones constantly where they mix in lagers and dark beer and Belgian styles. So wherever you get your new trail, check in every week. You never know what they're releasing. And like I said, they're here today, gone tomorrow, so you better get a hold of them. Quarter number one, we talked quite a bit about the Penn State offense. Here's what I find fascinating about our conversation. There was one position we didn't even mention. Quarterback. Yeah. I'm, you know, <laughs> it seems like if uh, uh, Sean Clifford doesn't start throwing off his back foot crazy passes or pick sixes, we just don't need to talk about him, do we? Yeah, I, well, uh, he can't. He can't be an offensive lineman for the rest of the season. He has to be an active participant uh, from a from a conversation standpoint. Not to say that offensive linemen are not active participants, but in the sense of you don't talk about them unless they're making mistakes sort of thing. Like he'll have to do some stuff at some point in the season. But I had the conversation yesterday on our live show on YouTube about uh, Sean Clifford. How do you get that guy to show up every week? And, and, and Sean Fitz, my, my coworker, uh, was like, well, you said it two or three under pressure, meaning he only was under pressure a handful of times. So, you know, that's the game script. Keep him clean and he can, for the most part, make the right decision under pressure. And he was very good and got Penn State out of some jams, manipulated the pocket. That was my biggest criticism of him in week one was that I thought he was he wasn't doing enough uh, from a positional standpoint to maintain good balance and good base in the pocket. And he did that under similar circumstances. He corrected that in week three. But like we said, two or three times. And uh, that efficiency is what Penn State needed on a day where they got everything else they needed from the rest of the team. And so really, Sean Clifford is the same guy we've talked about forever. It's just going to be how you feel about him that week. It's kind of a litmus test of how did Penn State's offense perform as a whole. If you're happy with Sean Clifford, it means that everyone else is playing really well and he was able to play well. Uh, And if you've got two or three guys struggling up front, kind of can tell you how that's going for Sean Clifford that way. I would also like to point out that he had a completion every time he was targeted as a receiver and he averaged 25 yards per reception. All I'm going to say about that, T. Frank. Let's so what you're saying is Trace Trace McSorley is a safety and he's a receiver. <laughs> he's an H back. <laughs> hey, I, I'm just giving you the facts, T. Frank. 100 percent of his targets, he caught the ball and he averaged 25 yards, and I believe he had quite a number of yards after catch too that he averaged. So there you go. Let's move on to the defense because we don't get to that enough, and there's a lot to talk about there. We had some discussion about, you know, they're not getting the sacks that we thought would see from Manny Diaz. Well, we saw some of the sacks. Specifically, let's start with the defensive ends. Here, here was my take. Chop Robinson, he's a player, and Adisa Isaac showed up for this game also, T. Frank. Yeah. Uh, so this is what happens when you face quarterbacks that will hold on to the ball for at least three seconds. So that that's that's where we were in this game of, even with the quick game, even with some of the predetermined things to get the ball out, uh, and 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 we'll get to Adisa Isaac on this, where they're running a lot of RPOs, both quarterbacks still averaged uh, almost three seconds per drop back. So the, the Jalen Reed hit that led to the Zaki Wheatley interception, 
that takes a long time to develop because you're blitzing two uh, secondary players from the backside of that formation. Uh, if you're, if you're Manny Diaz and you're stringing the play out with your slot corner. So you've got to have a quarterback that is just unwilling to unload the ball into whatever he sees or somebody that doesn't know what he's seeing. So when you get that, then you get sacks and, and beyond that, the opportunity was there and they took full advantage of it. And that's, I think it's something you've got to give them credit for because uh, chop Robinson had nine total pressures in the game on 21 pass rushes, meaning 50% of the time he's forcing TJ Finley or Robbie Ashford to get rid of the football. That's insane. Like quarterback hits quarterback sacks. Those are the ultimate goal. But that's like you can't operate your offense if you're constantly under good pressure from a defensive end. So he's the star of the game and he's turning into the star of the defense. He is the guy. I said one of these guys had to break out Dennis Sutton, Chop Robinson or Adisa Isaac. And and Robinson through three weeks has been coming on stronger and stronger. And against a bad right tackle, he just won all the time. And I want to give him a shout out. No gloves. No gloves. He was tweeting about that the other day, how uh, he pointed out another another player on a different team that was uh, going without gloves. And you don't know how much of a power move that is anymore. That is so old school to just not no tape, no gloves. You're just out there bare fisting, like fist fighting with somebody else. It's it's an intimidating look if you can pull it off. Now, Adisa Isaac had a good game, but let's uh, this is a one we have to put in context late in the game down 20 some points. Auburn is running RPOs and Adisa Isaac is not respecting the run whatsoever. He is just dive bombing the quarterback. Now it takes a certain level of freakish athletic burst and speed to be able to get a pressure on an RPO because they're intended to be thrown before the defensive line can react. They're an instantaneous quick game throw. He was not getting just pressure. He was hitting the quarterback in these situations. But he was unblocked. A lot of his sacks and pressures came in cleanup sort of situations where he had, uh, you know, these are PFS stats, by the way, three quarterback hits, two of those on RPOs, uh, one sack and five total pressures. So is he winning his assignments outright? I'm still not seeing it to the level of Chop Robinson, but it doesn't matter. As long as one of these guys is producing, the other one is more than good enough to complement that. So Penn State's in a way better position than they were last year when it was Arnold Ebikidi and and then Arnold, the ghost of Arnold Ebikidi scaring quarterbacks. So Chop Robinson and Deesa Isaac are performing are, are are creating a very good duo of pass rushers. And then beyond that, Johnny Dixon. I know uh, Tig Brown was very good in this game. He's getting much better, I think. Talked to him before the game about timing of blitzes and getting a feel for that part. He did great in this game. And Johnny Dixon, since the first week of the season, has been a real threat as a slot blitzer. So they're getting pressure from more than just Chop Robinson this year. Uh, They had 40 in the game. So that was a stellar performance from the Nittany Lions, who we said coming into this game, you got to win more of those one-on-ones if you're going to overload and you're going to blitz. And they're doing that. They did that against an Auburn offensive line that just couldn't match them. I want to get to Manny Diaz in the game that he called But before I get there, is Abdul Carter as good as I think he is? Yes. Yes. Uh, Now, I go back and forth on this because, again, he so his sack, and this is a a kind of a a spinoff of what we just talked about with um, 
Adisa Isaac is his sack came through the A-gap and nobody blocked him. He came off the edge. He batted that pass. He was unblocked. So when you look at these plays, part of it is the scheme of the play got him open and then he took advantage of it. And then part of it is uh, on on the sack, I'm going to give him credit that he timed that blitz so well that no one could touch him. But if you're looking at, like, say, the PFF grade or if you're if you're putting it in context, he did, had a couple of plays where Auburn kind of gave him the free run. So I think he performed as well as you saw. Chasing down plays, securing tackles, uh, a force in the run game and in the pass game, TFLs, I was very impressed. Uh, playing fast and simple, which is what they did against Auburn, that's his bag. Uh, and, and he's... He's not a dummy. Like, let's let's also clarify that, like, playing simple doesn't mean that you can't handle the mental workload. It's that you're learning, and the less you think, the more you react. So until he's been in the program for, I don't know, more than a month, you want to keep things a little simple for him. And I, that's going to be the balance, I think, going forward with this team is letting him go out there, clear assignments, attack, and then give him as much as he can handle without overloading him because the 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 thing you're going to want to do is okay you see all of that now get him on the field as much as possible now give him as much as he can handle and if he stops playing and starts thinking a little more because of all of those things then you're going to reduce your returns and the impact splash plays are what he's bringing so he needs to keep doing that what i'm kind of saying is it's the soft no on the moving him to mike linebacker for the rest of the season you know, I think that's an option, sure, but you want these plays, and I don't think you can get these plays against great teams that are going to do more complex things unless you let them get comfortable and just keep chopping wood at will. Well, there's always this discussion, and I believe it's the case, where if you play confident, you play quick. If yeah, you're yeah. bogged down by having to think about making decisions, that's when you don't play nearly as quick. I want to leave enough time here, T. Frank. I want you to comment on Manny Diaz and what he's doing. It's pretty obvious it's a much more aggressive defense, and you're seeing sacks, and you're t you talk about Tig Brown and Johnny Dixon being part of that and linebackers. It seems like they're just doing a lot of different things and making things difficult for the opposing quarterback. Yeah, yeah, and that's been that's kind of the hallmark of this defense is is a lot of you know they they've started call, they've called them chaos plays because it is very chaotic out there. Everything's built in structure, and sometimes the structures align, and it looks like you know defensive and offensive linemen are dancing. That is Manny Diaz has no interest in being in the a gap when you're expecting him in the a gap. He is going to try and outflank you and cause you you real emotional damage by not by not being right. So uh, he's doing that like this defense is doing that. They're getting comfortable in what they're supposed to do, and they're putting quarterbacks in bad situations. Two things that I need to dig a little bit more in is like looking at how many three man routes that uh, he can force an offense into because teams that can't handle their pressure have to mass max protect. And then you've got three routes and the quarterback has no options and he's throwing into tight windows. So I, I don't know if that leads the nation, but it's, it's got to be close. I have seen so many more, you know, two receivers and maybe you leak a, a running back out in, in the, in this defense so far. So it's not just the pressure. It's what you're forcing the offense to respond with and limiting their options in the past game. Very good T Frank. All right. That's it for quarter number two. 
Quarter number three, we missed it last week. We're going to make up for it this week. Your questions, and we ask T. Frank. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands, as well as weekly experimental recipes. And next time you're watching the game with friends or by the campfire, pick up the New Trail Hoppy Variety Pack. New Trail's Hoppy Pack is an absolute crowd pleaser. Packed with four different hoppy beers, it's sure to please everyone. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSURV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSURV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results. Located right here in State College, we specialize in providing assistance with many third-party software suites. Our clients include doctor's offices, lawyers, construction companies, and even hairdressers. We provide help with their industry-specific software. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results. Dot com or give us a call at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante. He's T. Frank Carr. It's quarter number three. You know what that means. It's time to ask T. Frank. This is where we take your questions. We give them to T. Frank. And at the end of the segment, we'll decide which was the best question. And they will get a prize pack now from our good friends at New Trail. I've been talking about New Trail for a while now. Make sure, if you're at the game this weekend, make a little stop at WR Hickey. Try out their whiteout beer. That's right. It's whiteout beer. There's also their crisp lager. Give them a try. Like I said, you're going to be the MVP of your tailgate if you bring the whiteout in. All right, T. Frank, you ready for some questions? Uh, yes, I am. And I, I just want to give you one stat before we get to the questions, because I just was curious sure. about this. Uh, not what we were just talking about, but Nicholas Singleton leads college football with 11.1 yards per carry. So Penn State fans, James Franklin's talking about explosive plays. 30 attempts, 334 yards. You've got some explosive plays. I'd expect more this weekend. Well, you know what, though, T. Frank, you take out the, what, five or six <laughs> runs of 40 or 50 yards, then what's his average, okay? 
Yeah. So I think it's really skewed by that. So you got to take <laughs> it with a grain of salt. By the way, my last note on it is uh, being at the game, his first big run, and and no, I'm not saying he's Saquon Barkley. Okay, so please don't don't write in and tell me you know you're not happy with me because of the comparison. However. The one place where I will compare him is I remember Barkley running. You see him get outside and you say, oh, it, the safety or the DB has the angle on him. So this is not going to be a big run. Next thing you know, Barkley's past the guy. Yep. I'm seeing that now with Singleton. He got to that corner and turned it so quickly. Yep. It, it was incredible to me because watching it live, I'm saying, well, you know, it might be a nice few yards. Oh my goodness, he's past the defender when he had no right to be. Yeah. So very, very impressive. All right, let's start with this. We didn't do Ask T Frank last week. So I got a question or two from last week, and it's amazing how one game could change the way you're thinking. Uh Steve, our good friend Steve from Potomac, who by the way, I saw down at the Auburn game, he says, When does Franklin convert to Drudaism. See what he did there for Drew Aller? <laughs> and decide to make the shift to Aller. Seems obvious that Aller's ceiling is higher than Clifford's, who has not really shown any improvement this year. I assume that Franklin believes Clifford's floor is higher at this point and offers less volatility compared with the first-year signal caller. However, it seems like Clifford fatigue among fans is real, and we'll start to stretch into Franklin fatigue, given he selected Clifford over Levis, who is better. And Steve also points out that Jim Harbaugh is going with the more talented, younger guy in McCarthy over McNamara. This question came in prior to the Auburn game. Was this is this still a legitimate discussion after you see what happened at Auburn? Um, I so. 178 yards, zero passing touchdowns. Like if you wanted to say that Sean Clifford didn't really do anything to promote Penn State's victory and that it was all the running game, you you have the ammo to do that. Uh, and, and Clifford wasn't perfect in the game. And he also, uh, you know, made some great throws, some great throws. The one Parker Washington on a crossing route deep in the end zone or deep in the red zone was, was really good. That was a situation where they backed up by holding penalty. They get it down to second or third and one because of a, you know, but Auburn wasn't doing anything in terribly complex. You know, they were running. This is, this is the same thing from last year is that Auburn runs pretty simple stuff and uh, they want to play fast and hard. Like we were talking about with, with Abdul Carter, they want their whole defense to play like that. But the problem is Clifford has seen enough that if you give him, cover three before the snap and after the snap it's cover three he's gonna know where to go with the football if you give him uh, you know easy reads and i'm again not to say he can't do more complex things but he aces for the most part the easy reads in coverage and so that's what he got and and he didn't have to do a whole lot because again the the offensive line and the running game really propped them up and he didn't play much much in the second half We'll see what happens this week when we're going to see Drew Aller, and I expect he's going to look good because he's going to play with a starting unit, and you're going to say, look how much more you can get out of the passing game, and I, I'm i not going to discredit it. I'm not going to say that that's not a thing, but Steve laid out all the all of the 
fears that you could have if you're a coach of what is the floor with Drew and are we more likely to get those high upside plays on a regular basis to offset it? Because that's kind of the that's kind of this team right now is the youth is arriving a bit early. But does that biggest piece arrive early or is it just the other guys and not the quarterback? We kind of got into this discussion last week on another show, T. Frank, in talking about the question was, would you sacrifice a game or two this year to get Drew Aller on the field in preparation for next year? Me personally, I think that's unfair to the team and to the fans. And I shaped the question, would you rather go 10 and two with Clifford or nine and three with Aller? Yeah. And, you know, I had a lot of people on our uh, show that we did while we're down in Auburn. I had a fan come to the mic and say he'd rather go six and six with Aller than nine and three with Clifford. I think that's totally unfair to a lot of the players on the team and candidly to the fans. And I'll, I'll use the 10 and two, nine and three thing. I want my team to win 10 games, not nine. Mm -hmm. So you go with how you could best win. And I, I give James Franklin credit for adjusting how he coaches. Remember for years we were talking about, he would never bring in the backup quarterback at all. Yeah. Just, and it burned him with the Iowa game last year, bringing in a quarterback who was totally unprepared for it. He is getting Drew Aller out there. I no longer have a fear that if, in fact, that big hit that uh, Sean Clifford took, I was like, well, okay, if he has to leave the game, I feel pretty good about Drew Aller coming in. Yeah. We now know that. So I'm going to give James Franklin credit. I think he's handling the uh, quarterback position just right. Well, let's stick with the quarterbacks for one more uh, question here. Mike from Harrisburg says, what will the 2023 quarterback room look look like? Clifford may actually leave next year. <laughs> but you <laughs> could end up starting at another school, probably transferring. But do we have another 2021 situation brewing? Do we actually try to hit the transfer portal for a solid backup? If we do nothing, the fourth string quarterback could be the second string quarterback next year, which means we're one injury away from a serious issue. Yeah. So I I know that the writing is on the wall and literally every single broadcast has said, you know, this Christian Veyer guy is pretty good. He might be a starter for a team next year (laughs) because, you know, transfer portal exists and that's what everybody does. I just want to give him the opportunity to write his own story and not assume that part. Um, But yeah, I I think everyone has that in the back of their mind, but they really like Bo Perbula. And I think that to forget about Bo Perbula would be a disgrace. Uh, would be incorrect. Uh, is he the perfect backup next season? Everyone would love the Ryan Fitzpatrick case Keenum of college football to come to their team and uh, be the backup. But Bo Nix starts at Oregon. So that guy, again, that that journeyman backup quarterback in college football doesn't really exist. They're moving schools so that they can play. And you're not going to get a guy that is a a proven commodity to come onto your team and be the backup. He has to have the realistic opportunity to come in and start. 
And I don't think that there's anybody that has a realistic opportunity to come in and start when you've got a five-star quarterback who's playing well as a true freshman. Again, we'll see how the season ends. But the 2023 competition at quarterback has already started. It'll officially open, and like it'll be a, the topic of conversation during the bowl game and afterwards. But it's already started, and it looks like Drew Aller has a very commanding lead to start. So... I don't know. I don't know. You're going to get a veteran. So you're going to have a true freshman, a, a redshirt freshman and a sophomore on your roster next year. OK, let's go to Greg in Highlands Ranch, Colorado. T. Frank, I enjoy the show and congrats on your recent home purchase. Well, thank you. Is it is it an RPO attack more effective when there's at least an occasional PO versus a heavy dose of R. I can't remember the last time I saw the quarterback throw from the mesh point. Do you think we might see more passing from the RBO set if the reliability of the interior of the O-line improves over the course of the season? This is catching me a little off guard, truthfully. Uh, you know, the RPO typically comes from inside zone. It doesn't have to, but most teams, and I... Maybe I'm going on a limb here being too confident in saying this, but most of the time Penn State's run it has come from that particular set. Um, and they didn't run any of that stuff last week because they they got, they went to a different passing attack. Now, it's funny. We had the conversation about the RPO and people were angry at the RPO last year because it was not as effective. And part of it was, I think, like Clifford wasn't given the ball enough. So you're not going to win with this conversation. When they need the RPO, it's there. That's the thing about this offense right now is they can they can run some traditional sets. They can run what they normally do. They can run pro style offense, uh, you know, old school pro style offense, and they can they can incorporate the RPO because we've seen them use that in the past. They just haven't had to use it as much so far in these first couple games. We'll see if if it comes back later in the season. Uh, in the way I guess that I'm thinking of it, I have to go back and see how many RPO passes there were, but. I think the question is right. I don't. I can't think of too many off the top of my head. Yeah, I, I'm with the uh, listener. It did seem like they. It was almost like even though it's designed as an RPO, it looks like it looked almost as if they were told hand the ball off. All right, T. Frank, we need a winner. Uh, well, Stephen Potomac had a, a our our longest running question of the day. We talked about that one in depth for several minutes. Because surprise, it was about the quarterbacks. Also, Drudyism, that that deserves the win anyway. Like, just that part gets the win. <laughs> Points for that alone. You are exactly that. right. <laughs> okay, Steve, we'll be getting in touch with you. You'll get the prize from our good friends at New Trail Brewery. That is it. We are going to go quarter number four. We're going to continue the conversation we started last week with Michael Krenzman about NIL. Stay tuned for that. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pregame tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. 
It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. Whether it's workstation, server and network installation, problem solving and maintenance, security assessments, or general evaluations, we are your complete IT partner. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results.com. Or call us at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number four. I'm Jim Galante, and back with me, our returning guest, Michael Krenzman, founder of the Penn State Collective, WeAreNILCollective.com. Michael, welcome back. You're now a veteran of the show, not a rookie <laughs> anymore. That's right. I'm an old pro. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> well, we're glad to have you. As I thought last week when we started up, we just didn't have a time to get to everything. And this NIL topic, it's so important to college football in general and also to Penn State specifically. Uh, James Franklin has talked about this over and over again, the importance of it. And one thing that I've learned from doing this show, Michael, is the reaction of Penn State fans. A lot of our listeners they do not like the idea of name, image, and likeness. It, it's not the Penn State way. It doesn't have that feel, as opposed to you see some other places like Texas A&M, where you have the oil barons who are just throwing money out there. And lo and behold, they had the probably the best recruiting class in the history of tracking recruiting classes. And they're so, doing great with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they did until uh, losing they did until a they game did. that yeah. they should lose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but here at Penn State, the question is: Can a collective be successful, and can a collective say take advantage of the Penn State advantages? Which can you take this culture that says, "Wait a minute, we don't like this paying of players," and turn it into, "But we do care about our players, and we have a large alumni base." so we could translate this actually into a strength for a Penn State collective. Well, okay, it's a, that's that's a that's that's the topic within the Penn State universe to really look at. First of all, okay, and there's there's something of an education component and an explanation component. 
and I and I'm not the kind of person who says whenever someone disagrees, it's a messaging problem. You know, I, I it's you know sometimes there's a philosophical disagreement, but but I'd like to address that. And by saying first, there's a lot of high profile stuff being talked about, and a lot of massive deals of six figure natures, and and you know, and certain guys get a few get a deal like that, but those are kind of few and far between. And the perception of 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 the athletes is something. It's interesting. It, it's something that was a real big eye opener for me. Um, one of the fun, I didn't get into this for this reason, but one of the things I've loved is meeting the players and learning about their lives and what they go through. And when you look at a guy like Jair Brown uh, from Trenton, New Jersey, humble background, you know, grew up living on the, uh, like sleeping on the couch in his grandfather's house with his brother sleeping on the couch and his mom and sister sharing room and his grandfather room upstairs. You know, Jair Brown has people depending on him. And, um, the dollars that he gets aren't for like jewelry and, and wasting around. It's, it's, it, it helps his family. Uh, and I don't think people fully realize uh, that aspect of things and how many stories like that there are. Within the Penn State community, Penn State lost a notable player uh, 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 to a program that, that, that we used to play a lot. Um, and, and what happened there was it was a player who wanted to come to Penn State and, and four, four local uh, companies were assembled at the other campus to pay him $125,000 a year, each year for four years. So 125 times four companies, you know, that's, that, you know, uh, you know, so that's, but I don't think that Penn State had to be in a situation where they paid $500,000 and $1 to, to, to get this kid. I think Penn State had to be in a situation to put a credible offer of, of, of a stipend per month. So this player could go back to his family and say that I was offered more money from this other program. But if I go to Penn State, I've got something. But what I also have is the best facilities, a Big Ten contract that lets me play on TV in front of more people than anybody and get more exposure than anybody. I've got the best coaches who are going to get me ready, the best facilities to get me ready. I have a better school than this to get me ready and give me a degree that matters. When you're coming at this from a position of strength, it's not about winning every auction, but it's about being competitive. And I do understand where people say, but okay, fine, but I still don't want to pay players. The thing is this, the world is as we would like it to be, is as it is, not as we would like it to be. And we live in a climate where it's happening. And a lot of players don't have a choice. If a good kid who wants to support his family has to take money on some level, if that's the situation he's in, but he doesn't have to take the most money if you give him a, if you have every arrow in the quiver, you know, and Penn State does coaches, facilities, everything I just said, you're going to become a better pro. Your odds of being a pro are better here than anywhere else. And at that point, a couple hundred thousand dollars is nothing. So it's, it's, but if, but if you don't have that part of the, that arrow in the quiver, if there's not some war chest to go out and, 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 and lock down those guys and keep guys that you need to retain, the lunch is going to get eaten by schools that are inferior. And I'm sorry, I'm going to name them. West Virginia, Pitt, Hungry schools that can get money from hungry people who are angry that they're that Penn State steals their guys, they're gonna be able to spend and take some guys. So it's it's up to Penn State to and the community to sort of be there. If you value the program sticking around and and and, and getting to that next level and being competitive with everybody else, you have to be competitive with. We do read about those stories or example, if you watch college football now, you see Bryce Young. <laughs> in those national ad campaigns from our quarterback at Alabama, obviously an elite player with a national name, national profile, but there's 84 other players on scholarship at Alabama. And it sounds like you're talking about, it's not just the superstars, it's the other folks. And in these, 
you have the large donors at the schools you talked about. You have the Texas A&M, I call them the oil barons there. <laughs> but it seems like at Penn State, and not just with your collective, but the other collectives, there's memberships mm-hmm. that the, I'll call it the everyday fan, the you know millions of Penn State alumni are out there can be part of this by becoming a member of a collective. And I don't want to just say you're the only game sure. in town. There's, there are multiple games in town. But how does that work for, you know, the everyday fan who's not the oil baron and he's not prepared to give, you know, a six-figure donation for the star running back or the star quarterback? How do those memberships work? Okay. Well, I mean, listen, ours, ours go from $300 a year, you know, to $10,000 a year and up. Thirty dollars a year is three hundred dollars a month is really what our what, how that how we break that out, um, you know, and 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 it escalates of, of, of what we're giving you from a t-shirt. Everybody gets a t-shirt, an updated newsletter, uh, an up, you know, an invitation to our fan fest, access to our exclusive marketplace. We're gonna have things you can't just get anywhere else, um, you know. We, we start adding benefits as it goes. And at the very highest level, you know, a player can come to your tailgate after a game once everything's all settled and, and, and get to meet you and say thank you. Um, you know, it's, it's, I look at it like, and by the way, we're going to be rolling out, our next phase, we're rolling out a student membership that's, that, that we believe is going to be uh, $8.50 a month, $100 a year, that we think is going to, it will provide some amazing benefits that students really won't be able to get anywhere that are, that are beyond sports. So we're trying to create value. See, the, and the other thing that we have that's really neat, our technology, in addition to being uh, a compl- having a really advanced compliance piece, we're partnered with a company called uh, called Infinite Reality. Um, they're they're like the leading metaverse company. They, they they built a virtual twin of the of the LA Coliseum, and and they've created you know metaverse opportunities. We're, we're, we believe we're going to be able to. To create a twin of Beaver Stadium, have people be able to come, you know, put on glasses, come to a, you know, have a pregame, uh, a tailgate of experience, go walk into the game just like you walk into Beaver Stadium, virtual meet and greets with players. You know, we're, we're going to leverage technology to do something that nobody can do, uh, nobody in this space can do. Um, uh, but, but, you know, it's, it's a, so we're creating as much value as we can. And, you know, we look at it like, uh, if a thousand people give a hundred dollars, that's a hundred thousand dollars. We can immediately deploy that uh, and get more players covered for insurance, get more players with something in their pocket. Uh, you know, so it's, 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 it, we recognize that there's all kinds of levels of people and we want to give them back something, bring them closer to the program, let them meet the guys they want to just create the experience of, of that. Can, give people as much fun within the Penn state thing that they like as they possibly can. And we're open to ideas. You, you get something you think would be cool. Tell me. Um, but basically to leverage the size of, you know, 700,000, 750,000, you know, alumni strong, however big, I mean, the fan base is multiples of that size. So if we can even just aggregate this, the, the small stuff and give people really cool experiences and, and, you know, and stuff for it, then we, then that's like, you know, we can do a lot for the program. Somebody who has, has the ability to, make someone a corporate spokesman and create all kinds of other things for much larger dollars. Yeah, we can do that too, but we recognize, you know, there's not a, there's not a ton of people who can do that kind of thing, but there are a ton of people who want to get involved. Let's talk, Michael, about the role of the university. And I know there are rules out there that kind of are supposed to be hands off, but what is the role of the university and how much connection is there between the entity that is the collective 
and the athletic department itself? Uh, well, I mean, first of all, the athletic department technically really can't have a preferred provider. There really shouldn't be. Every benefit that goes to one collective really should be to all of them. If there's signage in the stadium, all of them should have it, not one. Uh, Penn State's job is to is to arbitrate, be fair, and ensure in, in compliance with this. So every contract that we that we execute with students, uh, we send to the university to review. If they have an issue with it, if there's if there's something in there that could threaten NCA compliance, uh, we take it out. You know, we, if you ask a player to sign something that was worn in a game, you can't do that. We take that out, but everything else stays. So they look to make sure we can't have them selling alcohol or adult products or some. You know, there's there's. So the, the, the university's job is to ensure compliance with this thing. And that's, and that's, uh, and there's a great staff that does that of people who really care about the programs and the rules. Uh, so we're in a dialogue about that and we're doing everything that can to be compliant, but yeah, that's, that's Penn state's job. That's the university's job. The, you and I had talked about this before off the air and I wanted just an explanation. Now, all the different schools, they need to be compliant with local rules. So rules for this can be different in Pennsylvania, say, than what they are in Florida. Most certainly. So what is, are there certain restrictions that are happening here in the state of PA that aren't elsewhere? Yes. Uh, Pennsylvania, the universities requested the law that they wound up getting, and then they realized they requested a law that they would have liked to have done differently. Uh, soon after the ink was dry in our law, some Wild West rules in other places that allow universities to make deals themselves for players uh, happened in like Alabama and Ohio, uh, shockingly. Um, and, uh, and, and so I think Penn State feels somewhat at a disadvantage of that. Um, I think you could, reasonable people could debate whether a university should be involved in deal making, whether that should be something that they do. Uh, but but uh, yes, mo- there, there are certain there are different state laws and that's what has to be followed. Uh, that overlay even beyond the NCA and federal rules. All right, Michael, unfortunately, that is going to have to be it. Again, just like last week, the time goes so fast. Thank you so much, Michael Krentzman, founder of the Penn State Collective, wearenilcollective.com. Again, that's wearenilcollective.com. You could go there, find out all about it. Thanks again, Michael. And that is it for our show. Please join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands, as well as weekly experimental recipes. And next time you're watching the game with friends or by the campfire, pick up the New Trail Hoppy Variety Pack. New Trail's Hoppy Pack is an absolute crowd pleaser. Packed with four different hoppy beers, it's sure to please everyone. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com 
for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results. Located right here in State College, we specialize in providing assistance with many third-party software suites. Our clients include doctor's offices, lawyers, construction companies, and even hairdressers. We provide help with their industry-specific software. Learn more at techresults.com. That's T-E-K results.com. Or give us a call at 814-206-0000.